Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, good morning Russell. Good morning, good morning, all. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you. The fact that we are alive, that we are breathing, that every organ in our body is functioning in the way you designed it and yet not tired. We thank you, Lord, that you continue to pour your mercy into our lives. You renew your mercy for us every morning. This is what your word in Lamentations 3 tells us. We thank you, Father, that you always look upon us with your eyes of love. And we thank you that through your word and through your spirit, when you open our understanding, when you pour out your wisdom into us, when you grant us your revelations, you are showing us peeling off layers of mystery and showing us something new each day, revealing more and more of yourself because you are too huge for us to consume. So you feed us bit by bit, reveal a bit by bit of yourself, your kingdom, your ways. Your principles, your prophecies, your promises. So that as we dwell on those, as we focus on those, we see a newer dimension of you that we can then start to connect with. And you show us how to adapt it to our lives. So that when we meditate on it, when we observe to do according to all that is written on it, when we are of good courage, and we boldly step forward in faith, believing what we have understood and learned from it. Believing what we know, because faith can only be stretched to the extent of what we know from your word about you. And what we have heard from you. Then we shall make our way prosperous. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the peace and joy that you pour into our hearts every single time we come to connect with you in our secret place. That we are able to rise above our challenges, our cares, our worries. And out of that joy, we are able to speak to you, we are able to pray. We are able to speak over our circumstances. And we are able to hold on to our faith. It comes out of that joy, without that joy we can't stick on. And we share the same, Lord, with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with Christians everywhere that do not yet know you personally, with all those that do not want to know you and have turned away. We share it with all those that we are lifting up at our altar of prayer and those that have no one to pray for them, Lord. As we stand, we offer our faith to stand in that gap. And as we lift each of these up, Lord, we call on your name. The name of our maker, the name of the one who is the preserver of men, <clears throat> the one whose hand is not short to redeem, the ancient of days, the rabbi of all our ages, the God who always honors his covenants and always completes every good work that he has started in us. So even if we do not see that manifestation today and we have spoken it, we hold on to it with faith, believing that we have received. That if he has begun it, he will complete it. 
And we pray in the name of His Son, Jesus, the author that has written it and the finisher who will finish it. The one who has magnified His word above His name. He is the word Himself. The spoken promise of the Father. Whom the Father exalted above every other name in the universe. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the rock, the unshakable, the unmovable foundation on which we build our Christian experience. He is our refuge. He is our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, our redemption. The one who leads us in the day of battle. The one who is the way and the truth and the life. And we pray in the name of His Spirit. The one who makes it all come alive and become real to us. The hand of the Father. The spirit of light and truth. The spirit of victory. The spirit of the all-powerful El Shaddai. He is the one that works on us and with us to lift us up out of the pit. To bring about transformation and revival within our spirit. It is he who gives life to our mortal bodies. So that when we are baptized in him, when we are quickened by him, then there is a definite lifting up. We are brought into the kingdom of the Father through salvation. It is he who has made his tabernacle within our body. So that when we need to connect with the Father, all we need to do is look within. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with the gift of your word and your spirit. You have blessed us with the gift of prayer to legally authorize you and to combine these so that you can step into our circumstances when we release through faith. You can bring it to manifestation. The words that we have spoken. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with angels with destiny help us <clears throat> to support our cause, to fill in the gaps. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with every spiritual gift that we need and every physical provision, all in accordance with your riches and glory. You do not look on what we deserve, but out of your riches and glory, you are ever willing to pour out a huge blessing, even at the instance of us just repenting and turning back to you. We thank you, Lord for your grace upon our lives. As we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make, as well as every person that is part of this prayer meeting and every member of every family that is part of this prayer group by the precious blood of Jesus. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will, Lord. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to Protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disaster and spiritual attacks. We command that angelic protection and I declare divine exemption in the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. We also herald the power in our spoken word. As we proclaim your word, Lord, from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, 
and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth this day. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the discernment to choose life every time we speak. That we only speak life into situations and not death and destruction or cursing. <clears throat> Thank you, God. In the last few days, we have reflected on Psalm 91. And it started with those, and it started with the ones to whom those promises are applicable. Where verse 1 says, Whoever dwells, in the shelter of the Most High, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So if we are to gain that rest, then we need to dwell. So today I'd like to reflect a little more on what it means to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. Now we started with the word dwelling, that means to live there and not to visit so the first question is a question of your heart. What does your heart condition say? We saw that posted in the chat yesterday as well. What the Father really seeks, Jeremiah 29 verse 13. Where he says, You shall seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So if you are only going to visit, that is not all your heart. He looks at intent. That is why he says, whoever dwells, not whoever visits. He is looking for you to make a commitment, to be intentional about staying there. It is not something of that is accidental, it is not something that is casual. Living there means you establish a relationship with God. You can't live with strangers. You have to know him. You have to establish that relationship to know him. Make that effort to get to know him more. Communing with him every day. You study the word to know him more. To learn his ways. So that the more you learn about his nature, the more you learn about his ways, the better you get to know him, the closer you come to him. And that's what he really wants. He wants us to come close to him. So you spend time in the tabernacle. And I can't do enough justice to that in this short session. But what it really means is you approach his tabernacle in your prayer. You can only commune with him where he is present. So we have to enter his tabernacle. We have to enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. That's what Psalm 100 verse 4 says. And we enter his courts with praise. Remember, the tabernacle has an outer court, the holy place, and then the holy of holies. So an outer chamber, an inner court, and then the inner chamber. And it's not just to be seen as a physical tabernacle, but it's spiritual. And that's how our approach will be. You enter the outer tabernacle with or the outer courts with thanksgiving and with praise. That's where the altar of sacrifice is. That's where you offer your prayers. You make your requests known. 
That's where you make your repentance. So when you start with your prayer, you start with your praise, your thanksgiving. That's where you have entered the outer courts. And then you enter into the inner courts with worship. Followed by waiting. That's in the holy place. Where the presence of the lampstand and the showbread is. That's where the presence of the Holy Spirit and Jesus is. You wait till he quickens you. It's literally like waiting on the king till he calls you. And as he quickens you, he quietens you while you wait. And then you are covered in his glory. That's when you are drawn into the Holy of Holies. Here you don't make prayers. Those are already made in the outer court. Here you stop, you listen to instructions. You connect to him with your heart. In most cases, most of our prayer is only limited to the outer court in the tabernacle. Most of us don't even go that far. We say our prayer from afar, from outside, without even entering the tabernacle. That's what reading it from a book until the word Amen and then you shut the book and your prayer has ended. And then we wonder, God, why don't you show up in my life? And we do not want it to be like the case where Jesus spoke of, in the Bible, he spoke of people that said, Lord, in your name I cast out devil, I performed signs and I wonders. And all that Jesus said was, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me. We need to go the distance with him. In short, start spending quality time with him. Communing. Let our prayer focus more deeply on the relationship rather than just our needs. Are you seeking his face as a person or are you just seeking his hand that provides for your needs? Is that all that that friendship is about? We need to reflect on our prayer life. That is not dwelling in the secret place. That is merely visiting. As soon as he provided what we needed, we went away, we made off. It's just a supplier then. You don't dwell there. How then, if you do not dwell, will you command those blessings that are promised in Psalm 91? Are we seeing where the gap could potentially be, what we are missing? Communing. Focusing on getting to know God more through His Word as well as experientially. So you focus to get to know Him on what his word says about him, and based on that, when you commune with him, you go with that understanding and you get to know him as a person experientially. That's why that healthy secret place of prayer is important. And the next part of dwelling is following the rules. <clears throat> yes, when we received salvation, grace was made available to us. 
But now to get closer to him, we have to start aligning to his ways. So we have to learn his ways. Dwelling in his secret place, you have to make a deliberate attempt to live according to his ways. So it's not necessarily or not exactly living by the law, but it's actually upholding everything so that you live a life of holiness. Even Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law and bring grace. I did bring grace, but I will uphold the law as well. Now when we pray, we pray almost every day, the Lord's prayer. And we say, Lord, your kingdom come. And how will that kingdom come? By your will be done. But are we really understanding what that means? And that's what really this part of dwelling is about. We pray those words, but don't necessarily understand them. Kingdom come means you have to look at it as the rule of the king. That is what it means. Let me come under your rule as my king. And so we follow the instructions, the rules of the king. We come under his government. And we do as his government says. His government's rule is essentially what is written in the word. <clears throat> the book of the law, as it is called. So when we commit to live by his rules and obey his instructions, when we align with his ways that are given in the word, then his blessings shall follow us. And that's what Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 says. That's what Psalm 91 also says, he who dwells. When you dwell there, then the blessings mentioned come to you. If you don't dwell, you have to look at it in the converse way as well then. So what does that look like? You align with his ways. You seek him with all your heart first. You align with his ways. You study his principles. And then you commit to live by them. That's when you come under his government. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. Your will is your ways be fulfilled in my life. I want to live by your ways. I want to do your will. You gradually work towards the realm of Galatians 2.20. That is, you take on the nature of Jesus. And what is that nature? Father, let your will be done. Even till his last breath, he said the same. If this cup cannot be taken away, then let your will be done. We move towards growing into that realm of Galatians 2.20, taking on the nature of Jesus, so that when we now live by virtue of how we behave, that nature that we take on, is seen. People see his presence, his nature in us. Part of his nature was we humble ourselves. We cut off all idols from our lives. We submit our will to his. So that now you do what he instructs as and when he does. Now when you reach that stage where he can trust you and you know him personally, then you have already attracted his jealousy towards you. If he can trust you and you know him personally, you have attracted his jealousy towards you. This is when he says what we see in Psalm 91 verse 15. Such a person will call on me. He says, he will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. 
I will deliver him and not just deliver him, I will honor him. That is his jealousy. That he goes the extra mile to ensure that this person is secured. Now let's look what that honor looks like. David knew what that promise means. And so he said in Psalm 23 verse 5, You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Are you seeing how God honors? This is the presence of my enemies. The enemies are still here. They're not done yet. God has already started honoring. And then there's overflow. That's the blessings. Anointing my head with oil and the cup overflows. The question for us here is, do you believe him to do this for you? Because only then will you start seeking him seriously. Otherwise, you will keep visiting. Are you willing to trust him to that extent? And then are you willing to live by what you pray? Your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord, in my life on my earth as it is in your perfect heaven. He who dwells in that way, in the shelter of the Most High, will rest, will rest, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. A shadow which sticks to him and goes with him everywhere he goes. You will rest in that shadow, that close. You will attract that jealous love, that there is nothing that he will not do for you, that there is nothing that will make him stop He will keep turning towards you. Every time there is something that he should be looking at. And this is not something that is reserved for certain specific people only. It is an opportunity to everyone. He does not have any favorites. And he does not have any uh, specific ones that he looks at. He makes this favor available, this blessing available to any and everyone that will seek him in this way. And he bids us come. He invites. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that each of us hear that call, that invitation. We open our hearts and we come to you. We seek you with all sincerity, with all our heart, with a total commitment with love in our heart towards you, not out of greed of what you can provide us, the blessings of your hand, but to love you more and more as a person, to seek that relationship with you, knowing that when we seek your kingdom in this way, just as Matthew 6.33 says, then everything else, all that prosperity, all those blessings in the spirit and in the physical, are just the byproduct of that seeking you with all our heart. I ask for that edification to be filled with love for you, Lord. That there is nothing we will not do for you. To have that connection with you, Father. I ask for that edification in our spirits today. 
And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease, or families that are in battle facing division and separation. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, especially that of prayerlessness, busyness, ignorance and poverty. And we pray, Lord, for our own personal needs, those of our families and friends. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And as you release our faith and our prayer, making this a prayer of agreement with each other in the Spirit, we believe that we have received, Lord. We believe that this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the Spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Sarakan 
In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen, Amen, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
scripture that's been placed on my heart this morning is from Colossians 4, verses 2 to 4. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And pray for us also that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which we in prison. Start again. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And pray for us also that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear as I ought to speak. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a couple of scriptures shared in the chat as well. The first one is from Psalm 27, verse 4, quoted from the NIV, where it is written, One thing I ask from the Lord. This is actually the prayer of David, King David. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And this is where he's speaking about seeking his face, not his hand. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The second scripture is from Psalms 100. Verses four and five quoted from the NIV, where it is written, "Enter his gate with enter his gates with thanksgiving in your with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations." Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these morning encounters, <coughs> Brother Savio's powerful reflections, spirit-filled reflections, our daily divine mercy and rosary sessions and the Friday Bible teaching sessions, please share links for Zoom and YouTube with friends and family. Share the recordings also with them. Those are stored on YouTube, on our Spotify podcast page as well as our Facebook page. They can listen to it, whichever works for them, whether they are able to join live or not. You can also share the telegram link with them for them to join the prayer group so they can pray with others, share their prayer requests, be blessed and enriched by the word from all the reflections that are being shared there and the testimonies as well. Also a reminder about a Bible study session this Friday. It's the sixth part in our series on a time of testing. We will continue to learn about the wilderness experience and what you could go through when God has called you and wants to lift you up. And we will also learn about how he tests you. And this week's session will reflect on the significance of the crossing of the River Jordan. For that, what does it mean for that journey for us? So please share those links and invite others to come and join us on Friday. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us 
in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day ahead, everyone. Amen. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. Thank you, brother. God bless everyone. God bless everyone.